Pulse Audio Podcast Network. Part of the Boundless Audio Podcast Network. One year into the new year, you're doing okay. Hopefully those results... Did you say one year? I did, did I? I meant oh. one week. Maybe it's felt like a year. Maybe it has. Who that knows actually what's seems probably appropriate. It's either you've blinked and it's June, or it's one week into the new year and you're like, it's, it was, been, it's 80 been 84 years, yeah, exactly. 86 years, whatever the... <laughs> Anyways, back to what I was saying. It's been one Sorry. week into the new year and I hope... You're sticking strong to your resolutions or not, you know, whatever. And I just hope that it hasn't been too much of a shit show. Hopefully it hasn't felt like a year. And I, we talked about it last week, but like, you know, this, this year it can be a new start. It can be a new chapter and there's plenty of wines and women waiting for us. Yeah. I was just thinking we were talking about the insurrection in the last episode. I was like, that was six days into a new year. Yeah. That wasn't even a fucking week. Yep. <laughs> So we'll see. Who knows? (laughs) Oh, my God. Seven days into the new year. We'll see what's going on. Maybe more insurrectionists got catfished by women who are just like, wow, that's crazy. Tell me more. (laughs) And then what? Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, Oh Oh, and I'm Kelly. I'm Emily. And welcome. If this is your first time, I'm sorry. You know what? You're doing this to yourself. You're making choices. You're responsible for yourself. Yeah. Fuck and off. I mean, we're already in here. You can tell how much linguistic butchery is going to happen when I can't even properly say one week into the new year. Um, I do just want to say uh, I was a little concerned during Kelly's story last week. Uh, so she color- covered Alice Parker, the hottie without a body. We don't have her picture. Um in fact, the picture often credited as her is it's a white her. woman yep. from the 1940s. But when Kelly first said her name, I Googled Alice Parker. And as a testament to how common that name is, there is an American composer from Minnesota also named Alice Parker. And as of Kelly telling the story about this other Alice Parker, I'm looking at this one. She died at 98 years old three days ago. From when we recorded that episode. And I'm like, oh my God, does Kelly know she killed another one? Yeah, um, <laughs> She I, killed another woman. Oh my, God. My husband heard you yelling about that and he's like, what did you do? <laughs> then I had I to was, explain him all of it. I was so concerned. Now, uh, we haven't co- covered Alice Parker. This one, she was 98 years old. Sounds like she had a great life. Kelly was not at all responsible for her <laughs> death. Not. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I know. I, I told my husband, I was like, oh, yeah, I covered someone. He's like, in lava? Like, no. <laughs> Seriously, like, it happened once. It happened once. And that once. is all the times it needs to happen yeah, for us to never get over Yeah, because now every time I cover it. someone who's still alive, I'm like, oh, my God, are they going to die? Yeah, well, th- this, was a, this was a close call. I know. This was a very close call. But, yeah, thank that's, God. God. That's hilarious. All right. No, it's like sad, but also funny. Well, no, I because 
you said Alice Parker. I immediately Googled her. I saw the timestamp on the, you know, the obituary. I was like, oh, what did no. you do? Well, and I'm like, three days ago, Kelly might not even know she's dead. Right. Like, they just tweeted it. I mean, that's literally <laughs> what happened with the last person. Oh, my God. Fucking devil. <laughs> devastation <laughs> fucking devastating all right well um now that now that we've confirmed that no one has died in the making of this podcast <laughs> this time no I'm kidding i'm drinking lemonade because my sinuses are still trying to kill me i'm drinking twixt iced coffee and then i have a lemonade but because we were talking about sir lady java recently and then i was like i want coffee yes and i I have to like get up and do stuff tomorrow, so I can't have coffee. I have also not been sleeping this week. My sleep has been fucking trash. And every morning I wake up, it feels like a personal attack. Raise your hand if you have been personally attacked by Regina George of the Universe. (laughs) Uh, It's just, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it gets better. But my sciences have straight up been like trying to murder me and I'm not. I'm not thrilled with their behavior right now. Like, Bitch, please. <laughs> Bitch, please. All right. Well, Kelly, what should we cheers to with our Twix iced coffee and our Twist lemonade? To not killing anyone. To not killing anyone. To to this covering a different Alice Parker ever. who didn't who died long before you covered her. There you go. All right. <laughs> that was so sad. That was so sad. <laughs> Pour one out for Alice. <laughs> of all of the Alice Parkers, because as we found, there are so There's many so of them. So many. And we don't know who's who. Oh my goodness. But we do know the one in the picture is not the right one. That is all we know. We know who it's not. <laughs> we know who that person is, but we still keep saying it's Alice. I'm Yeah. I'm never gonna stop being mad. Like talk about Talk about erasure of people of color. Yeah. We're going to use a white woman's photo. <laughs> it's, I shouldn't be laughing. It's just so absurd. We're just that jaded. It's so absurd. We're just that jaded. It's fine. Anyway. Do I go first? You do go first. Oh, son of a bitch. Emily's over there just like waiting. I I am. I'm waiting for, I'm just kind of hoping Kelly's going to forget and start in on her story. I am very excited to talk about my lady. So today I'm whining about Mary Ann Bickerdyke. Bickerdyke? Best name ever. Yes. I love her. I might have to use that as my um, catfishing name now. (laughs) Alice White Supremacy Bickerdyke. (laughs) Of the, of the Connecticut Bicker Dykes. <laughs> yes. Of the New Hampshire Bicker Dykes. Alice Protestant England Bicker Dyke of the New Hampshire Bicker Dykes. I can trace my family back to the Mayflower. <laughs> That's right. There were Bicker Dykes on the Mayflower. Bicker Dykes all the way down. <laughs> All right. So that is a fantastic name. Here's the thing. We're going to love her even more. Like she lives up to her amazing name. So, um, so my partner and I, there's backstory to how I found this incredible woman. So my partner and I were on a call with his siblings and all their spouses to plan a family Christmas in Illinois, you know, because it's closer to the 
you know, where his nephew is and his parents. And we were just trying to like kind of centralize all that stuff. And this was going to be kind of in the Galesburg, Illinois area. So I got curious and started Googling fun facts about Galesburg. And naturally, I stumbled upon this fellow daughter of the corn, which is going to be my anti-daughters of the Confederacy Fuck you campaign group, Daughters of the Corn. (laughs) So, Marianne Bickerdyke was plucked from an ear of corn on July 19th, 1817 in Mount Vernon, Ohio. She was not born in Illinois, but she is a goddamn daughter. All right. She's a daughter of the corn. I won't argue. Also Ohio. Also of the corn. (laughs) There's There's a whole set of states where we're all just children of the corn. So before she even made her way to the land of Lincoln, she was making waves as the first woman to attend Oberlin College in Ohio, studying herbal medicine. Or did she? There's literally no record of her attendance. It's just said that she was and did. (laughs) Her street headcanon, death happened. She was and did. You know what? She wasn't allowed to actually enroll. She just audited classes Mm -hmm. and like... We've had women do that. 100%. So regardless of her education, she married Robert Bickerdyke simply for his last name in 1847. I mean, I would. Good woman. The pair would have two sons, but their marriage was short-lived, as was Robert, as he died in 1859. Oh, poor Robert. Poor Robert. Some may have called Robert the lucky one, though, as he noped out of life just two years before the devastating American Civil War. Okay, yep, Amy. After Robert's death, the widowed Marianne moved to Galesburg, Illinois, becoming involved in the Congregational Church in Galesburg, which still stands, and I saw it, and you saw it, and working as a practitioner of traditional herbal medicines. So, fun fact about Galesburg, Illinois, which is in like upper western Illinois, kind of like midwestern. Okay. It's like in the boob a little bit. <laughs> You know Illinois. It's I like do. it's yeah, a hand, it a but boob. it's got like the boob sticking out. It's yeah. like in the boob. It's in the metastatic tissue. So fun fact about Galesburg, it was initially founded by abolitionists hmm. and the birthplace of one of the first anti-slavery societies in Illinois. Which is when we were talking about like gang gang a place to stay in like rural western Illinois. We were like, oh crap, do we need to like wear our, you know, Dukes of Hazard flag? crap you know and like to blend in so that's when i started googling galesburg and i was like oh my gosh they're actually like super anti-slavery and super like fuck the confederacy love that for them it also served as a stop on the underground railroad helping enslaved people escape to the north and canada fuck yeah and the canada and the canada so go galesburg tensions in the united states over the sin of slavery had been building the presidential no. really what <laughs> I did not know that like from day fucking one it's weird it's weird how a bunch of people were like maybe we shouldn't enslave Own other people. human human beings you know, maybe maybe that's a question and other decision. people were like but money and racism yeah so the presidential election of 1860 would be critical Two Illinois natives were battling it out on the ballot Stephen A. Douglas and Abraham Lincoln Ever heard of him? No. Stephen A. Douglas was a great debater, but Abraham Lincoln was the great emancipator. That's from the album, Hear the Illinois. 
it's, it's all songs about Illinois. Okay. And it's amazing. And we definitely Wait, are you serious? To, I'm not fucking joking. Oh. Kurt and I listen to it all the time. I thought you were joking. I'm not. I'm not. There's a whole song about my birthplace, and it's the best thing ever. Uh, so both have visited Galesburg previously when Douglas was the incumbent senator for Illinois and Lincoln was the Republican candidate. This was before the Republicans were like Crazy. what they are today. The pair engaged in a series of seven debates across Illinois, one of which was in Galesburg. Though Douglas won that election, unprecedented publicity surrounding these early quote-unquote media events rocketed Lincoln into the spotlight and laid the groundwork for him to then win the 1860 presidential election. So I thought that was kind of like a little cool crossover. So Lincoln's election was the last straw for Southern states desperate to cling to slavery. And less than two months after his inauguration, the South initi initiated the American Civil War with the Battle of Fort Sumter on April, in April 1861. God damn it. So though many Americans thought the war would last a few weeks at most, it proved to be a devastating four-year-long conflict that left virtually no family unscathed. A friend of Mary Ann's, and I, I wrote her name as Mary Ann, but I'm pretty sure Ann is her middle name okay. because she has a statue that just says Mary A. Bickerdyke. And I'm like, hmm, I might have written my notes entirely wrong, but I'm just going to keep calling her Mary Ann. Every time you say Mary Ann, we've talked Mary about this. Mary Ann! No, because you've you've covered a Mary Ann before, and all I can think of is the Chicks song, formerly the Dixie Chicks, mm -hmm. that starts out, Mary Ann and Wanda were the best of friends every single oh time. It's called, it's Earl. Earl's gotta oh, die. Earl's gotta die? And yeah. so every time you say Mary Ann, that's what plays in my head. Just the first line. Slavery's gotta die. Yeah, there you go. It's Yeah, it's about Mary Ann and Wanda killing slavery. slavery. I love it. Sweet. Great song. So a, a friend of Mary Ann's, not Wanda, Dr. Woodward. <laughs> I mean, could, his name could have been Wanda Woodward. Okay. Um, he was serving as a surgeon with the 22nd Illinois Infantry, and he wrote to Galesburg of the horrific conditions of the field hospitals he was working in. In Cairo, Illinois. Yes, there is a Cairo, Illinois. All right. Is the southernmost city in Illinois, and Dr. Woodward wasn't the only one who gave the city bad reviews. <laughs> When I, because I had, to, I was like, what the fuck is Cairo, Illinois? So when I Googled it, I found that Charles Dickens visited Cairo in 1842 and was so thoroughly unimpressed that he based the swampy malaria filled city of Eden in his book, Martin Chuzzlewit, off of it. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Yeah. So Dr. Woodward's letters. Uh, were read aloud at Marianne's church in Galesburg, prompting the congregation to collect $500 worth of supplies to help. Great. However, no one wanted to actually travel all the way down to Cairo for obvious reasons, and I can't blame them. Not only is Cairo on the opposite end of the state, 5.5 hours by car today, which I'm like, fuck. It's you know, a long drive. Like by car, not terrible, but imagine like they got horse and feet and that's about it horse and feet and it and it has an, a not so great reputation a la charles dickens but also because it was a naval station right along the north north south border Oof. putting it right in the middle of the war again this is the most southern 
city in Illinois. This is right on the southern border. It's right where the action is. Yeah, I wouldn't want to go there And it's home to either. a naval station. Shit's going down. Uh, you okay? Bonus. Yeah, no, I forgot I put this in there. So bonus comment on findagrave.com. Someone commented on Mary Ann's that said, whoever wrote your bio sure as heck doesn't know Illinois. You lived in Galesburg and he slash she writes, you traveled to nearby Cairo. Nearby? It's 356 miles. <laughs> like someone went on findagrave.com read the bio that was written there and then got real mad about and it and was like excuse me <laughs> so the children of the corn will not allow Marianne's work to be minimized good good yeah no so she traveled 356 miles in the absence of any volunteers Marianne decided to deliver the supplies what was supposed to be a simple delivery turned into a wild war long career ooh Marianne met, met abolitionist and women's rights activist Mary Livermore, another great Mary, who was working with the U.S. Sanitary Commission at the time. Mary Livermore knew that Marianne's experience in medicine was invaluable and got her a job as a field agent with the Northwestern branch of the Sanitary Commission. Like, they need they need people so oh, badly. Yeah. She's like, oh, I'm sorry, you're competent? Oh, you know Fucking your shit? Get over here. Also, you had the balls to come down here when no one else would. Girl, now you don't girl, get to leave. I got you. I got you. Let's do this. Let's do this. This is her Wanda. Yeah. <laughs> this is her Wanda. So, whoops, sorry. My notes skipped all the way to the top, and that's not great. But what of Marianne's two sons, you may be wondering. I know we all forgot they existed. Well, Mary Livermore was a fucking real one and arranged for them to be cared for in Beloit, Wisconsin which I drive through whenever I go to Chicago. So I heard, I read Beloit and I'm like, ah, I know, like, where, I know where that is. Yeah, exactly. Apparently they complained. They didn't like Beloit very much. And I'm like, hey, I, I get it. I don't it's, think there's a lot there. There's not. And this is in 2024. <laughs> there's, yeah. There wasn't much there then either. But you know, not only did this put her sons further north and farther from the conflict, but having childcare enabled Marianne to help countless during the war. So just a friendly reminder that appropriate, reliable childcare is important and shouldn't be a luxury. Right. Especially not like it's not wartime. Yeah. Like, come on. Fucking. We should all be able to send our children to Beloit. <laughs> it's not quite so we can So we can save people from dying. So Marianne got to work in Cairo, nursing the wounded, organizing hospitals, and working to improve the deplorable conditions. Even Ulysses S. Grant, ever heard of him? General of the Union Army and future U.S. President, endorsed Marianne. And when his army moved further south, Marianne joined them, setting up hospitals along the way. Damn. So I got to go to Galena, Illinois this last Mm -hmm. summer. Um, I've traveled more in Illinois since I moved from there than I did when I lived there. But uh, Ulysses S. Grant was like a business person there and he has a house there and he's like, there's a ton big of deal. There's a, yeah, he's a big deal in Galena. So I got, I, I didn't get to do a tour, but I got to see his house and it was really, it was cool. But I'm like, oh my God, I've been to all of these places that have connections with this story. This is exciting. Though Marianne had a caring nature, she was no shrinking violet. 
Regardless of who you were, your rank or your gender, Marianne wouldn't tolerate anyone getting in the way of her work. In one instance, a surgeon questioned Marianne's authority and tried to pull rank on her, to which Marianne replied, On the authority of Lord God Almighty, have you anything that outranks that? And you know she used the mom voice. Oh, 100%. You know she used the mom voice. And that dude was a child again. <laughs> and he's, he's like, like oh. <laughs> yeah. Even, and I bet it was wonderful. Oh, my God. To see that. Also, I want to use God as my authority for right? everything. But, like, for good stuff. You know, there are people who are, like, like they hide behind the Bible to persecute others. I'm like, no, I want to I wanna use the Bible as my hammer to smash discrimination and oppression. Yes. Yes. So even military procedure wouldn't get in Marianne's way of providing care. This caused Grant's staff to complain, but General William T. Sherman, oh. another big fucking deal in the Union Army, knew better and would tell the men, quote, she outranks me. I can't do a thing in the world. Sherman also called Marianne, quote, one of his best generals, with others referring to Marianne as Brigadier Commanding Hospitals. <laughs> Which, like, I know it's it's supposed to be like Brigadier, comma, who is commanding hospitals, yep. but I always read it as Brigadier Commanding Hospitals. Like a first name and a last name. Yep. Oh, Brigadier Commanding Hospitals. Thank you for joining us. Come in, please. <laughs> So while Marianne may have felt God was her authority, the truth was she was damn good at her job and had an excellent reputation with the Sanitary Commission, Union Generals, and the enlisted men that she treated. Soldiers affectionately called her Mother Bigger Dyke or referred to her as Mother to the Boys in Blue. Because you know she was a hard ass when she had to be, but but she was really caring. Like... You want her taking care of you when you're sick, and then you do not want to get in her way way, when you're well. Yeah. So beyond providing nursing services, Marianne worked. Oh, my God. My notes are skipping all over the fucking place. Sorry. So beyond providing nursing services, Marianne worked to make the conditions in field hospitals better. Probably not great. I mean, it's still a field hospital. In field hospitals in the American Civil War, they don't have a great reputation, but better. A huge problem plaguing Civil War hospitals was infection and disease. Doctors were performing surgeries with dirty tools, linens, and in less than sanitary environments. Shocker. If a soldier needed an amputation, the saw that was used may have already been used on dozens before without ever being cleaned. In fact, two-thirds of the casualties from the war were caused by infections and disease. That's so gross. Fucking bad. That's so gross. Yeah. To address this, Marianne got creative. She knew that they need clean linens, clothes, and bedding, so she gathered all of the dirty laundry and shipped it off to be cleaned by the Sanitary Commission. She also asked that they send washing supplies so that they could do laundry in the field. Nice. She's like, okay, take all this shit and clean it, but send us, like... Supplies. Supplies so we can do our own laundry and keep up with this. Because you can't ship laundry out of a war zone and expect it to get back in a timely manner. Right. In the 1800s. Right. It's kind of like, okay, wash all this stuff and get it back when you can, but also send us, yeah, washing stuff so we can, yeah, keep on top of it, like you said. Right. But how is one woman going to provide laundry services for an army? Hire more people. 
Marianne employed escaped and formerly enslaved people to provide the laundry services in the field. Nice. Which I thought was so cool. Because, like, they also want to be a part of the cause. Right. And, like, you're giving them protection. You're, like, it's, it's awesome. Unfortunately, employing formerly enslaved people was not a popular decision. Even in the Union Army, which was fighting to end slavery. Racism makes absolutely no goddamn sense. Just ask the people who are pissed off about our new flag. Oh, my God. I d- it's so, so stupid. I cannot. Let's not. Yeah, let's. I cannot. Uh, yeah. God. Anyway. Um, so while working as the hospital matron in, in Memphis, Tennessee, Marianne once again employed formerly enslaved people to help provide care and services. However, after running errands, she returned to find that the medical director had dismissed everyone. What? Marianne was not having any of this. Remember, her authority is God. <laughs> She went directly to General Hurlbut's, the general guy's headquarters, where she asked for and received written authority to employ formerly enslaved people and whoever the fuck else she wanted until the general himself withdrew the order. So she went over this person's head to get written permission that she could just whip out whenever she wanted. And she's like, hey, if God isn't enough of an authority, here it is in writing fuck off and let me do my job. Right. Additionally, Marianne acquired livestock to provide food products for the hospitals, which I thought was really cool. Like she's really, this is also like grassroots and like you're doing these field hospitals as you're traveling with this military. Right. And she's really thinking big picture here. Yeah. Which I think I would just think, please stop the screaming in any way I can. That's as far as I would get in my Emily thought process. Emily would be just running around the hospital with a chloroform ring. I would just be getting everyone shit-faced. Stop screaming. Drink this. <laughs> please stop screaming! Please stop screaming, Jesus Christ! <sighs> so, obviously, Marianne's duties extended far from nursing. She would also be tasked with combing battlefields to collect the personal items from dead soldiers so that they could be sent back to their families, which is just... I don't know if I can do that. Like, oh. this war... The, the American Civil War was devastating, not only, like, physically and economically, but also spiritually for the nation. Oh, yeah. And that's that's one of the reasons spiritualism became so big, because all these men went off and died and they never came home. And like dying was something you do in the home and a woman is there to take care of you. So also Marianne being there for people who probably did die, you know, was really huge. And it's just, it's so sad. And the fact that she could at least bring some sense of closure to the families. Yeah. Yeah. So Remember how I mentioned that Marianne didn't take kindly to military orders that interfered with providing care to soldiers? Yes. That extended to Confederate soldiers. During General William Sherman's March to the Sea, which is where they were trying to capture Atlanta, Georgia, Mm -hmm. I believe it was, he gave explicit orders to inflict, quote, all the damage you can against the enemy's war resource. That's just mean. Mean, harsh, it's war, he's a general... I'm not saying I agree. I say I get it. There are still lines being crossed. Yeah. However, Marianne, who was accompanying Sherman at the time, disregarded this order entirely, setting up field hospitals to treat both Union and Confederate soldiers. 
Luckily for Mary Ann, Sherman knew that, quote, there wasn't a thing in the world he could do to stop one of his best generals. He's like, go off, Mary Ann. Just whatever. fucking. Just... He's like, do I want you healing Confederate soldiers? Not particularly. Am I going to let you do it because you're already doing it? Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I can't do a damn thing in the world. In total, Marianne offered aid in 19 battles until the end of the war, building 300 hospitals and helping damn. countless people. Ulysses S. Grant and William T. Sherman in particular appreciated and honored her efforts. During the grand review of the armies, which was this like military procession in Washington, D.C. to celebrate the Union victory, Marianne was personally selected to ride at the head of the, I think it's the 15 Corps XV, which Grant and Sherman led. Damn. They put her at the front. And I, I mean, can, can you imagine how many people lived and were able to continue fighting because she provided good medical care? Not only like the care that she personally provided, but like figuring out the laundry situation, yeah. getting animal products and like really setting all of that up. That's amazing. So we've talked about several women who served in the American Civil War who struggled to receive pensions for their service. However, Mary Ann was super fortunate in receiving a $25 a month pension after her friend, Mary Livermore, who continues to be a real one, lobbied on her behalf, supported by Generals Grant and Sherman. So she had she had some like heavy hitters behind her, and that's why she was able to get a pension. A lot of a lot of other women were not. Yeah. After the American Civil War ended, Mary Ann continued her work just in new forms. Hmm. She worked at the home of the friendless in Chicago. All right. Can we can we pick a more depressing name? I kind of want that as a sweatshirt, though. Home of the, <laughs> home friendless. Of the friendless alumni. <laughs> All right, you're a weirdo. Um, so this helped veterans and their oh, she helped also helped veterans and their families move to Selena, Kansas, as homesteaders. Um, she worked at the Protestant Board of City Missions in New York City, and even became an attorney. Damn. You know, in her spare time, so she could help veterans who were facing issues with obtaining their pensions and other legal issues. She is doing the Lord's fucking work. Marianne kind of retired and went to live with her sons in Bunker Hill, Kansas. And I say kind of because she, while she had no official title, she still worked to provide care for victims of the locust plague. Because this is a hellscape. I think there's also like some stuff that honors her in Kansas for like how she helped veterans resettle there and everything. Oh, yeah. um, so Marianne Bickerdyke died on November 8th, 1901 of a stroke at 84 years old. She lived a fucking life. Yeah, she did. Her body was returned to Galesburg, Illinois, where she's buried in Linwood Cemetery next to her husband. And her tomb- tombstone reads, Army Nurse mother to the boys in blue and people on her find a grave profile get very heated about the amount of distance that she traveled legacy marianne bickerdyke has been honored in a variety of ways there are statues of her in galesburg illinois and mount vernon ohio where she was born galesburg also has a bridge that opened in 2014 named after her and 
I got to see her fucking statue in Galesburg, Illinois, and I'm going to show you pictures and read stuff. So I had already done this story before we drove through Galesburg because we stopped there to get Steak and Shake, which is my my second love behind my my cat and my dogs. And then, you know, I've got like my family and that kind of shit. I'm in there somewhere. But I... Maybe. You're in that kind of shit. <laughs> but... We're, we're at the Steak and Shake, and I look it up on my map, and her statue is pretty close. And I was like, hey, um, there's this nice statue. And, like, I don't want to ask. Like, my fellow's already driving all this way. We've still got to drive a little more. You know, he's like, oh, shit, yeah, I know where that is. And I was like, I just wanted to drive by and, like, take a picture. You don't even have to stop the car. And he's he parks, and I, like, get out in the rain, and I'm taking, I'm, like, running around her statue going, oh, my God. <laughs> like, I was, I was straight up having a breakdown. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> and it was so cool because, so, the statue of her, it's outside the, the Knox County Courthouse, and it's of her, like, holding a wounded soldier and, like, nursing him. And you can tell, so the the sculptor, Theo Alice Ruggles. Another great name. Kitson. Theo Alice Ruggles Kitson. Sculptor. Copyright 1906. It's like carved into the base of the statue nice. by hand, which I thought was super cool. And I just want to say the plaque on it says Mary A. Bickerdyke, 1817 to 1901. In recognition of her patri- patriotic... And heroic devotion. Sorry, I'm reading this uh, from a plaque okay. on a picture on my phone, and I have to like zoom in to see it. To the boys in blue, in camp, in hospital, and on the field, this state of Illinois has sunder sunder the auspices of the Mother Vickerdyke Memorial Association erected this statue 1904 and then on the front of the statue so that's that's what it says on the back and on the front it says mother bickerdyke 1861 army nurse 1865 quote she outranks me general sherman (sighs) they put that on the fucking statue because she is a I love that that's the quote on the statue. On the front of the statue, she outranks me, General Sherman. (laughs) It's just, it is the best thing in the world. I will post pictures. I I didn't take a selfie because it felt a little weird, but I was losing my absolute shit. She thought about taking a selfie, I'm sure. I was very close, but I was, I don't know. It felt like, you know, it's like, it felt more like a war memorial. Yeah. And it felt weird because the faces I was making were not appropriate for a picture with a war memorial. So in October of 1940, oh, also bonus, it's a polka stop. Her statue is a polka stop and I got a gift from it and I can send it to you in Pokemon Go. Nice. (laughs) So in October 1943, the government launched a ship named SS Mary Bickerdyke in her honor. And her bestie, Mary Livermore, wrote of Marianne in her memoir, My Story of the War. Nice. Because, again, Mary Livermore continues to be a fucking real one. Another herstory heavy hitter, Clara Barton, ever heard of her, wrote a poem, quote, The women who went to the field, 
which was meant to honor Mary Livermore. I, I got to cover her. She just keeps popping up like daisies. Cornelia Hancock, Annie Etheridge, Dorothea Dix, yeah. who we covered when we teamed up with Hashtag History, and we covered Dorothea Dix, and they covered Jane Topin. Yep. Two very different people. Very different people. <laughs> Frightening, frightfully different. And our girl, Marianne Bickerdyke. So Clara Barton wrote a poem about women in healthcare and, like, nurses and included Marianne Bickerdyke. Like, Clara Barton's a household name. Yeah. That's a big fucking deal. But far beyond these well-deserved recognitions and my constant praise and squealing, Marianne Bickerdyke's legacy lives in the lives that she saved, in the people who live today because of her care, and even in the spirits of those she comforted who did not survive. In this way, Marianne Bickerdyke's legacy is infinite. And that is the story of Mother Bickerdyke, mother to the poison blue. She outranks everyone. That's a beautiful story. I have been so excited to tell this. I've been, and I was, I was like trying not to. So, so my fellow listens to the podcast, I was trying not to share too much. He's one of our Patreon members. He is. He's fantastic. Because he's also a fucking real one. Um, I was trying not to share too much. I was like, you got to hear it. You just got to hear it on the podcast because I'm going to be freaking out the whole fucking time. And like, I was freaking out that he took me to the statue and he was like, yeah, of course. Like, why would that be a big deal? I'm like, because I'm not used to healthy relationships. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. I know. <laughs> I'm like a dog that's been kicked a few too many oh. times. Like I'm sad. I'm so pathetic. It's kind of adorable. That's not true. <laughs> but no, I'm like, I'm like, seriously, you have no idea how much this means to me. Like, this is such a big fucking deal for me. And he's like, okay. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. <laughs> he's like, okay. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, it was so awesome. He's a good fellow. He's a good, he's a good egg. He's a good egg. You're a good egg. Your face is a good egg. Hey guys, we know times have been tough lately for all of us. And during hard times, it can be difficult if you don't have anyone to talk to or it can be hard to talk about certain topics. Being alone with your thoughts can be isolating. This is why we are sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen to and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. Thank goodness. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network that gives you access to the help that may not be available in your area. You just fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That is Amazon fast. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions. Plus, you can exchange unlimited messages, and everything you share is completely confidential, just like with an in-person therapist. You can request a new therapist at any time at no additional charges. If you want to talk to someone about your mental health, you can get a 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash herstory. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash herstory. Oh, okay, now that I have fully exhausted <laughs> myself with my daughter of the corn. Kelly, who are you whining about today? I am whining about Gladys Ingle. 
Gladys Engel. So, one of our listeners didn't send me this person's name, but sent sent us a video. Um, this is Jasmine from Germany. <gasps> Jasmine from Germany! Um, and she, a while ago, like a while ago, she had sent us a video of a woman um, wing walker that jumped from plane to plane. Holy shit! You haven't heard of wing walkers? No, I have, oh, okay. but like... And, but she sent us a video of this woman, and in the caption, it said, like, it named the woman. And, yeah, so that's who this is, Gladys Engel. Gladys Engel. And unlike the last person I covered, there is plenty of videos and photos and all sorts of stuff for this woman. Oh, thank God, because after last time, I'm like, I'm done. I'm fucking done with this. Oh, my fucking God. No, okay, my fella suggested this to me. Did he? He did. He did. Um, because the the stunt team name, he's like the thirteen black cats. He's like, all I read was thirteen black cats, and I knew you. I knew you would love this. She was the only woman member, though. I didn't. They, know they that. had other women that like came and went because mm-hmm. I was looking at their like their their website because I was like, ooh, yeah, it's like, is this a woman group I could cover? No, she's the only official woman member. So like this ever. is this has been on my list because my fella recommended That's it. He's like featuring really heavy this week. <laughs> Hello, Emily's fellow. Again, he's a real one. So tell me, tell me about Glass Ingle and the thirteen black cats. Okay, of so, the sky. Of the sky. So she was born March twenty eighth, eighteen ninety nine. So very close to my birthday. Just like you know, it's like a, a bit off. Ten, eleven, twelve, a dozen and some odd days. After you? Yeah, 12 days. Yeah. And, you know, I wasn't born in 1899. Weren't you? Yes, I'm I'm over 100 years old. It's been 84 years. Um, But she was born in Walla Walla, Washington. Yes! (laughs) I... Okay, I know nothing about Walla Walla, Washington, other than it is the most fun place to say. Right? Um... She was raised mostly in Oregon. 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 On the trail. Oregon. <laughs> On the trail. Where no, she kidding. did not die of dysentery. No. Um, and she was a daredevil, like, throughout her young life. Like, people would talk about how she would, like, walk on fences. And apparently at one time she created a pair of stilts that were so tall that she had to climb on her house's roof to get on them. And then she'd, like, walk around on them. So she was a daredevil for a, from a very young age. You know, she she took it to the to the next logical extreme because I think we all wanted to jump off our roofs with an umbrella to see if it worked, but most of us never did. And yeah. she's like, "I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get up on that roof and I'm gonna walk around on these sticks." Yeah. How did she get on the roof? I don't know. Talent. She must have had a ladder. She parkoured up. Yeah, exactly. Um. <laughs> uh. As she grew older, she would get into motorcycle racing, which I couldn't find a ton of information about, but eventually it would lead her to the skies of Southern California. Natural Um, progression. Right. Motorcycles, sky. Prior to getting too far into the sky, she would marry a man named Dells Richard Potter in uh, in February of 1917 in Oregon. Um. I had to go to like a freaking family genealogy website to find that. Like tons of articles talk about her daughter, but like no one ever mentioned her getting married. And I'm like, clearly she like someone had to help. I mean, they didn't, but 
<laughs> you know, but like someone I was just had like, to donate. I was some like, sperm. There, there had to, yeah, there like there there had to be someone else at some point, or like a medical procedure or something. There had to be a source of the jasmitaz, and so I found, yeah, I found a, the gentleman's relish. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I found her on a genealogy site, and it listed her husband and and her daughter by the correct name. So I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is the right person. Yeah. So yeah, she would get married, and then in 1921, um. Gladys would take to the air alongside one her sister Anne. They would be part of the CPO Aerial Circus. C3PO Aerial Circus? Not C3PO, just CPO. Oh dear. We're so high up. <laughs> I can't do it. I can't that was find, terrible. That was really bad. <laughs> don't don't do it. I th- I think I think my my fellow just stopped being a patron. Yep. He's like, I'm done. <laughs> I, I could hear him deactivate his account. Um so yeah, she would start doing like really light stunts, and then by nineteen, by a year later, she would start doing stunts involving airplanes. So she would start by like jumping out of balloons with a parachute, you know, like Love. skydiving essentially Love with a parachute. Um, oh, uh, as opposed to skydiving without a parachute. Yeah, exactly. And then <laughs> you mean death. <laughs> and then they would start incorporating airplanes, um, and she would start like doing jumps from airplanes. There's one specifically that like her and her sister raced to the ground. Like they both jumped out of separate airplanes and raced to the ground. Um, And Gladys would in the meantime, earn her pilot's license, making her only the fourth woman in the United States to do so. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And after that is when she would join the 13 black cats. Love it. Love it. Love it. So the 13 black cats is yeah. Like a group primarily made up of men. I don't even think there's 13 of them. I mean, maybe at one time there was. But 13 like, Black Cats is the best name yeah. if you're going to be doing things in which you are likely to die. Yeah. Like, really push it. Like, make it so ironic that the universe has to allow you to live. Right. Because otherwise, it's just, like, it's too much. Yeah. So, yeah, there, there's plenty of it. I didn't look up a ton of information on them because I, I was like, this isn't about them. I wish it was, but she's the only female member. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, they were basically founded by a, like various men and they, they would take on members and like, there's a lot of members that would just come and go. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were just known as a group that did aerial acrobats. They were an aerial stunt team. A lot of them worked with Hollywood and um, famously, a lot of their flyers said like, we'll do anything. Oh my God, that's what my OnlyFans says too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm a slut for money. And so this is when she like would start wing, it was called wing walking where someone would walk mm-hmm. out on the wings of an airplane. Um, and so it would, it would range from that to doing plane to plane transfers where she would jump from one airplane to another midair. Um, and she would do it. She would stand on airplanes wings as they would go under bridge. Um, and not only like did crowds really like this, but a lot of the aviators she flew with. So a lot of the other guys in the black cats or other ones were kind of like, man, she's like a lot more daring than a lot of us because she would do it with no equipment. She oh, yeah. wouldn't use a parachute. Because other people would be like, well, wouldn't other people be strapped to the plane in yeah, some like way? People, did, people would do straps or they would wear a parachute or like some safety equipment or yeah, like have like a harness that would attach them to the plane so that if they fell, they would get caught. But she would not she's like i'm gonna tongue kiss death let's do it exactly (laughs) and so she she would earn worldwide recognition throughout the 1920s and 1930s working with the black cats 
Um, one of her most famous stunts. So this is interesting because I read somewhere that it was a stunt and I read somewhere else that it wasn't a stunt. So I kind of wonder if maybe the first time it happened, if it wasn't a stunt and then they incorporated it into the stunts. I don't know, but this is probably one of the most famous videos of her. Um, but basically it was, so the, 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 the non-stunt one that I read was basically that she was flying or she wasn't flying. One of the other black cats was flying and a wheel fell off there their plane so he couldn't oh, land dear so she would strap she strapped a tire to her back and climbed up on a, like one of their other 13 black cats members planes and so they flew up and met him she jumped from one plane to the other climbed down replaced the wheel and then climbed back up so they could land this is some james bond shit yeah so she did this mid-air replacement what the and, fuck? And it was filmed at least once. And so, like, part of me wonders if, like, yeah, the first time they did it, it wasn't a stunt. And then the other times they were like, wait, wait a minute. This is actually really cool. Like, we, sh- we should incorporate this into our show. Oh, my God. Yeah. She would also, um, uh, she would do archery while wing walking. So she did, like, one one side of the airplane would have a target and she'd stand on the other. Um, one of the most intense ones that she did, um that like everyone kind of agrees is really dangerous. And again, she did it without harnesses or anything yeah. is that she would stand on an aircraft's wing while the aircraft did a loop de loop. No, no. Yeah. Okay. And that okay. is considered, that is considered one of her most like daring stunts because like that's super challenging and I that don't even is, understand how it works. That only works in a cartoon. That's some Looney Tunes shit right there. Also, I love it's like, oh, this wing walking isn't exciting enough. Let me do mechanical repairs yeah. in the middle of it. Let me bring a weapon into this with the bow and arrow. Yeah. Let me do loop-de-loops on the wing unattached to anything but my f- fearlessness. Yeah. When Jasmine sent it to us, she was like, this made my hands sweaty just from watching it. I am sweating. <laughs> I am wet with stress right now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. I, do you ever have those falling dreams and there's that initial like rush? Yeah. And then you're before like, oh. you like wake up and hit, like before you hit, hit the ground, you like wake up or there's that feeling of weightlessness when you like initially start falling. That is what I have right now and I hate it. And I'm sweaty. My chest is tight and I don't feel like the ground is secure enough under me. So I'm, I'm there with Jasmine. Yeah. I want to know how she found this, this person. Like, what what was her journey to find this anxiety-inducing um, badass? So, like I mentioned, the, the 13 Black Cats worked with Hollywood, and Gladys also did. She would work with Hollywood appearing in several films, um, usually as a stunt double for movie stars, executing stunts that they either couldn't or wouldn't perform i she has an imdb page she's listed exactly once um i'm pretty sure she was in more films than that but i couldn't yeah. find which ones um because she was often not credited because they didn't really credit extras back then or stunt people or stunt people yeah um but throughout her career not just in the movies she would successfully complete more than 300 mid-air transfers between planes as well as numerous very numerous other stunts but um, despite her perilous job, like we've, we've had other women, um, that we've talked about that have died in 
balloon accidents or airplane accidents or many other things. Pours them out for Bessie Coleman. Exactly. Um, Gladys Ingle would actually survive all of her oh, jumps. And she led a long and fulfilling life. She would eventually retire um, to California to it to move to the Aero, Aero Grande in California. Arroyo Grande. Thank you. Um so yeah, she would she would retire there. She would eventually live with her daughter named Bonnie, and she would pass away in her daughter's home uh, on October 27th, 1981, at the age of 82. Oh. Yes. Okay, I was kind of waiting for nope, the... I know. And then, on this date in this year, which seems way too soon, I'm like, fucking don't when, do this When to I me. was researching her, there, yeah, there was another woman that, like, got... Not sucked into a propeller, but she like ran into a running r- propeller as she was taking a photo with someone. What? And I'm like, I have so many questions. No, 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 no. So even though Gladys Ingle is no longer with us, obviously, like her spirit lives on. We've seen it in other women pilots. Um, and luckily her stunts are preserved in pictures and in film and continue to inspire and terrify a lot of people. But they're archived at the Smithsonian Air and Space Museum. And she really just serves as a reminder that the sky is never the limit for anyone, particularly for her. Um, I will say that in 1927, they did come out with a law um, because there was a bunch of aerial stunts and wing locking deaths. So uh, parachutes were finally required by law for people doing those stunts. Just saying. Eventually it happened in 1927. I... (laughs) I tried to like verify that and I couldn't uh, figure it out, but I was just like, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. It like, uh, yeah, I'm sweaty. Like I'm, I'm stress sweating. Cause now I'm looking at this other thing. Cause people still wing walk today and they say they can't, they can't wear parachutes because you could get tangled in the airplane. I'm like, that's terrifying. But you do wear a safety harness and safety cable. Yes. Yes. You are attached to the plane. It's like a seatbelt. But yeah, so that is Gladys Ingle, our amazing wing walking daredevil. Oh my God. Yeah, it was sad that there wasn't like a lot more, but there, like I said, there are tons of pictures. There's a video. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot on her out there just not a lot of details. I also like, I, I want to know kind of how she got into this. Like, it, it sounds like she was always a bit of a daredevil. Like you have those kids that are like, what is the highest thing that I can launch myself off of? Yeah. But to take it to wing walking, like I kind of want to know what happened to her sister. Cause her sister seemed to be into that shit too. Her sister seemed like a little firecracker. Right. I know. Like, like, they mentioned her once, and then that was it. Maybe she just, like, went off to do something else. That is, oh, that is awesome. Walla Walla Washington. Right. Is proud. Well, thank you so much, Jasmine, from Germany or Alemania in Spanish that I just learned. Mm. Uh. For sharing this with us. Like, I I love when listeners suggest things because it's always something that I probably wouldn't have found on my own. Like, in this case, it was also suggested by someone else, but, like, I hadn't gone to it yet. And so I'm really glad that you covered this. And I also really want to know, like, Jasmine, how did you find her? 
And how bad was your stress sweat? Right, like <laughs> you were watching these fucking videos. Like obviously you send you sent us a video from like it was like a history photographed page. Yeah. But yeah, like how did you stumble upon it? Did someone send it to you? I I would also be curious to like did you just happen to see it or like yeah, like what happened? God bless Jasmine from Germany. God bless. I love you. I love you. Babe. I love you so much. So much love. Oh my god. I would commit violence for you. Yes. <laughs> there I there, I have a, I have a decent list of people that I would commit violence for. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yep. in their name. Definitely all of our patrons. Oh, 100%. Oh god, just just ask me. Here we are. That's actually if you donate $50 a month, you get the Hitman tier. The Hit Woman tier. Hit woman. <laughs> Oh my God! Well, Kelly, what are you thankful for, Emily? I I was already asking you. I was already too bad. I, I was, was first last time. You know what? You know what? Suck my dick. Okay. Suck here. Hold on. I'm gonna put it on the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! That's so Why funny. am I so gross? It's because I'm sober. It's because I'm stone cold sober. <laughs> yeah. Um. It you, ramps up. The you know, more... yeah. The the more we're just in each other's presence, feeding off of each other's energy, our glowing uteri. You know what's funny is like before I was getting ready to come over here, I was like, I have so much to be thankful for. I'm not gonna have to think about it now. I'm like, uh, uh. It's like performance anxiety. I know. I need to like start writing it down. I am okay. So I'm really thankful. Uh, over the holiday season, I had a couple of opportunities to volunteer with my dad. So it was not only like getting to spend time with him and catch up, but it was also like doing good out in the community, which was a lot of fun. Um, and I like my, my dad and I have a really have a really good relationship, and we kind of almost exclusively communicate in sarcasm and barbs at each other. Yeah. So like we were we were serving food at this one place, and my dad you know, said, I think I said something sarcastic and he's like, well, you're sassy. And I'm like, I learned it by watching you. <laughs> and I'm like, you raised me. Everything is your fault. You have, you've made me. <laughs> he's like, Jesus. yeah, I know. <laughs> That's funny. But like in a kind of proud way, but no, it was, it was really nice to, to be able to spend that time with him while also like, yeah, doing good. I'm glad. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, I, like, used to volunteer in, with with him when I was little, so it's cool to, like, kind of keep that tradition going. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 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 Kelly, what are you thankful for? Mm. I know, see, mm. this is the thing, I should have <laughs> written it down. You shouldn't have mm. been so engrossed in my thankfulness. But that's such a beautiful thankful thing. I know. Oh my God, did I tell you over Thanksgiving, my dad was like, could everyone go around the table and say what they're thankful for? And I'm like, shit. <laughs> and my fella, really he fucking looks this. at me and he's like, there's no Kelly this time. <laughs> like, he didn't say that, but that was the look in his eyes. He's like, you can't tell Kelly to go first. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's no way out. <laughs> You're stuck. I'm like, I get enough of this. <laughs> I was so glad my, my family didn't do that. My, my, 
my grandma was just like, well, if anyone has something they're thankful for, they can just chime in. And I was like, oh, thank and God. And there was dead silence. And, and then I think everyone... like one of my nieces and nephews was like, I'm thankful for all of you. And it was like, ah. And then it was dead silence. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Because I was just like, I'm not saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> not that I'm not thankful for things. I just don't feel the need to like. You know, for being people who have a podcast, we hate talking I know. in front of others. But that's the point. We're talking in front of each other, which is very different. Exactly. I don't have to look Jasmine in the eye <laughs> while I'm stress sweating over here. Right, exactly. <laughs> we know you're there, but we don't have to look at you. Yeah. Not that I'm, I mean, I'm sure you're beautiful, but maybe that would be distracting. Like maybe I would just be too distracted. I probably would. Let's just blame women for being too beautiful and distracting because we can't handle our own shit, Kelly. Accurate. <laughs> God damn it. Those shoulders, those ankles, they're just entirely too much. I never learned to control myself. I'm I sorry. No, because no one ever held me accountable. <laughs> Society socialized me to blame women for all of my problems and my urges and to never hold me accountable, but to hold them responsible. I hate public speaking, regardless of the gender I am speaking to. This has is true. nothing to do with what they look like. This is true. Um, I, what am I thankful for? <laughs> I'm thankful for, like, how flexible my work is, because, like, I only had to work three days this week. I didn't even have to see all my clients if I didn't want to. Like, it was kind of one of, like, not that I wouldn't want to, but it was kind of like a, I was able to basically offer them, like, hey, if you want to come in, great. If you don't want to come in great like yeah it's not for some people the holidays are good yeah for some people they're absolutely terrible and like I had the option if I wanted to to see no one this week and I could have done that and my bosses wouldn't like my boss wouldn't have cared there are several of the people that I work with that's what they did and like I just love I have the freedom to basically kind of just choose what I want to do it's not set by like a company or anything else that's awesome no and I and I love that because like there is definitely this this work culture that like your your presence is your labor. You know, so there are times where you're you're like in an office or at work and there is nothing going on. Yeah. And it sucks. You know, so being able to like, hey, I do good work when there's work to be done. Otherwise, I'm a, you know, go over here and exist in my life right you know having uh, yeah having that that freedom and flexibility is really wonderful especially since yeah like if my clients don't want to come in there's nothing I can really do about it like that's what I appreciate too it's like yeah it's it's my own choice if if I'm choosing not to see my clients because then it's my choice to not have those hours and get Mm -hmm. paid for it versus you know there's other places that would be like no fill fill your time anyways just pick up like new clients or more clients and I'm like no I'm good I just had this image of like one of those Uncle Sam, I want you posters, except it's Kelly and it goes, I want you to go to therapy. <laughs> I should make that. Like, it's true. I, I can't do. make them. Can't you though? I can try. I, can do I want best. you to go to therapy. I should make that. That's awesome. But seriously, if you feel like you need therapy, go to therapy. Therapy's great. Therapy is the fucking best. It is the best awesome love it so much and you can get 10 10 percent off 10 percent off your first month of better health (laughs) betterhealth.com forward slash whining about history yay 
Hey, the link is in our description if I got it wrong. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Whining About Herstory. Like us on Facebook where you can continue to donate to our fundraiser for the Trevor Project. Hopefully we've moved. We should have moved by now. There should be progress on our distance. Yeah. God willing. (laughs) Yeah, I think the one we have shared right now is Emily's. If we hit that goal, we'll share mine. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. cool, cool. Uh, like, like us on Instagram at WAHPAD. Our website is whining about her three dots. Because I was like, wait, we don't use Twitter. And then my brain just stopped. Um, our website is whiningabouthersfree.com where you can find a link to contact us. Our merch, which is awesome. And I'm sure we'll come out with some new merch in the new year. You can find a link to our Patreon where you can donate for as little as $1 to get some extra content as well as some extra goodies throughout the year. And then lastly, you can buy us a bottle of wine for $5 if you want, and we'll match the wine to either what you tell us or your name. And we'll shout you or out. Or whatever we can find. Which may not be Canadian wine, as we learned. God. Sorry, Chelsea. Sorry. We Sorry, tried. girl. I love you so much. That's okay. I learned a lot about the Canadian coat of arms. Yeah. Much more than I ever planned or wanted to learn, but now I am obsessed with the little lion with the crown holding the maple leaf. I'm, I'm, I learned a lot about, um, wine shipping in and out of Canada. Oh, also Canadian horses. Yeah. That's a thing. That was very confusing to me. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Whining About Herstory that definitely stayed on track the entire time. I'm Emily. I'm Kelly. Have an empowered day, y'all. Bye. Oh my God, it hurts my ears. Make it stop.